rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. Episode 16, The Rant. Today we sit with Fabio Perez, one of my boys from Hofstra University who is now a guidance counselor and a multi-sport coach including football, basketball, and baseball in the Uniondale School District on Long Island. We go through his love of many sports, his impact with young lives through coaching, and his relationship with officials on the field and on the court. He even was present when I decided to officiate. All that and more, my conversation with Fabio, now. Yo, Fab, what's going on, man? What's up, Pina? How are you, man? Chilling, man. Welcome to the Rant Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. I've known this guy so long. We used to play at Hofstra. Uh, We played basketball. I remember when we were undergrad. It's true. We worked at the Computer Center at McEwen Hall. That's right. I wonder if they, you think they updated that place? I would hope so. I think they did. Have you been there lately? (laughs) No, I haven't. It looks like a completely different school. They put in a lot of money and uh, renovated a lot of things, and they got that uh, medical school. I'm glad to do something with my money, that's for sure. Our money. Okay, so what's really interesting about Fabio is that um, he doesn't ref per se, but he's always on round referees because he's coached on a lot of levels. You've done the varsity, and now you're a middle school coach, and you do what? Football, what else? Yeah, football, basketball, and baseball. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I think what's the most interesting thing is that he was he was there. He was We were on the field together when I finally came up with the, the nucleus of becoming a referee when yeah. I was still a player. That's true. I've known you way before. Way before this idea even came about, so it's kind of cool to see how you've evolved into the kind of ref that you are now, which is great. So congratulations on that. Thanks, man. Yeah. Okay, so um, I, I would say that your passion out of all those sports is football. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that'd that be my number one sport. That's a sport that I feel kind of motivated me the most when I was young. How'd you get into football, and what's your uh, history with it? Uh, I mean, I guess it all started, you know, obviously at a young age, not to sound cliche, just you know, got into it by watching and enjoying the, the full contact of it and the competition of it. Then I moved into Long Island and my middle school, Woodland, that's around here, was, uh, you know, 7th and 8th grade. I started playing. I was like, hey, let me give it a shot. And I loved it. I loved the competition of it. It was a lot of fun. And I just loved the sport. So uh, so I joined the team and I, and I loved it. And I went up to the high school and I played uh, for four years at East Meadow High School. So you know that was something that I really um, <clears throat> that I just really found a lot of a lot, a lot of fun in you know and, and the camaraderie of the team and uh, your teammates and how every player is so important so so then I love every aspect of it from the offense the defense and the special teams and how all of it is so important especially a lot of people that are fans now this time of year they see how important all that stuff is with these games that are out and, right you know last night but uh yeah you know that's kind of how it started and then uh, after I got hired as a counselor and I worked at a school, I realized that I had an opportunity to continue, you know, in something I loved, which was sports. And sports really did something for me because without having all the pieces together at home, 
sports kind of can fill those gaps. And it did that for me, you know, like from the coaches and that male figure that, you know, I didn't really have. So I really saw that in, in my coaching staff. So something we spoke about off, off air, uh, we spoke about, you know, why I'm coaching and, 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 and if the, the thought of going at a higher level. So really, when I started working at a school, I saw the opportunity to still stay involved in sports and coach. And the reason why I wanted to was because I realized how much of an impact the coaches made on me when I was young. So my purpose was never really to coach so that I can make it a living. It was to coach so I can make a difference on the kids that are there and the kids that were interested in that sport. And and what better? And then to top it off, like, oh, you want to give me some money for for being involved in a sport that I love that I would do for free? Yeah. You know, and then, and then you can impact these boys or these kids as a male role model that they may not have at home. And, and me being hired where I'm at, you know, I'm in the Uniondale School District, uh, they remind me a lot of me because their upbringing is similar in not having that father figure. So I'm like, man, you know, like this is such a bigger picture type of thing. And that's kind of how it, and now I'm, I want to say 12 years coaching, you know, started coaching baseball at Woodland before I got hired at Uniondale. And now I'm 11 years in Uniondale coaching every year since. It's unbelievable. So tw- tw- over a decade, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I've, I've been coaching at Kellenberg for 20 years. Well, look at that. It, yeah. it doesn't mean we're getting older, does well, it? Well, every I'm, time somebody <laughs> says 20 years, when, you yeah, start, what are you, when you start when you were in eighth grade? Yeah, like right, that. right. Started when I was a freshman in high, uh, college. Isn't it crazy? That is crazy. It's incredible, man. But it really, that's really what it is. You know, like that's what it does and that's what coaching's done for me. Well... I think what you've done for me, um, I don't even think I've ever told you this in this way, but mm. um, I, I pretty much owe my refereeing officiating career to you. Wow. Um, and I say that because of, I definitely can't say that I love football as much as you do, although right. I love the Ravens more than anything in this world. That's right. Which is kind of weird. That. That's not my favorite sport, but I, I like know. the Ravens the most. Funny. But um, a little background between me and Fabio. Me and Fabio used to play flag football constantly. I mean, when we were in our early 20s, um, I think we'd play every Saturday, even when we were in school, and then we even when we were out of school, yeah, uh, we would play every Saturday. We try to get as many guys as we could, and I remember sometimes we'd have like forty people on the field, yeah, and we would try to divide the teams, but we would always try to figure out um, the best way to get on the same team because, always. for all intents and purposes, Fabio's my quarterback, and <laughs> Fabio can attest that um, if he threw me a hundred balls, I would definitely catch ninety four. I'd say so, at Maybe least at least ninety four. Barely any drops. <laughs> I, I can't. I, a lot of fun. I, this, I have so few drops when it came to flag football that I can kind of remember them in my head. And right. I do remember that when I did drop a ball, everyone was so like flabbergasted. <laughs> like, wow, he really, he dropped the ball because I always caught the ball. It was fun, yeah. Um, but, you know, over the years we would play and we would feel really good about playing um, to the point where we decided to take our talents to Long Island Flag Football That's League. That's right, I remember that. So yeah. if, if you could remember. And, That's right. And, and I'll just say that. The way we tried to regulate it is it was kind of like the honor system. So since we didn't have any refs when we played, it was like, okay, well, if you see a call and and they go early or you think it was offsides, then it would just be the honor system. And then we we would hash it out, even though we would complain. But I don't know. Do you remember our first experiences playing with referees in that league? Yeah, actually, I do. And I and I think I remember the time, the day where you told me. I might start ref. <laughs> I actually remember that because you went off either after our game or at halftime or whatever, and you started asking one or two of those guys, like, 
yo, like, how much are you making doing this thing? Or what's this about? Because, you know, we were playing, you know, but, you, you know, you were always a social guy, networking. You were always, and then you started talking to these guys and you started realizing, like, yo, there's something about this whole refing thing. And I think I only got you for, like, a year because after that, yo, Fab, I'm refing, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh, come on, I lost my player. But, you know, like, I remember. That's right, because that's where it like, all kind of opened up at. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just, just from... I remember me and you, I'd have, I don't know, maybe two touchdowns from you. I'd get an interception. I would always have yeah, yeah, pretty good stats. Good you know, not, not that I'm boasting about myself. I'm just trying to paint you a picture as if, like, me and Fabio thought that this would translate well into a real league, where it really didn't. Right. And we were, we were taking our lumps through the first season. I don't know if you remember I anything. I do. I do. We, barely do made the play- we barely made the playoffs. We went on a run last couple of games, like two or three games to get in. You know, we finally started clicking a little bit, which was good. And then we got into the first round. We're thinking we're going to be there for a while. You brought, like, your chair and you brought some, like, snacks. And and the first game we were out, we were, I remember. You know, I remember. I remember one of our guys also tore his ACL. Yeah. Remember? Um, so, yeah, I, re- I remember. I was hoping. And, look, I kind of, and to some degree, I guess looking back, I kind of, it made sense that, first-year team going into a league that we had not played in before, it would take a little bit of time to transition into. Um, so I guess looking back, it made sense that we, we didn't do so great as much as well as we you know, thought well, we were we going weren't to used to referees regularly. us. Right. So yeah. Yeah, that was a big adjustment. Yeah. And a lot of the rules that were in the league, we didn't adjust because we were just thinking that it's flag football and we'll figure it out. When, you know, and, and now that I, I have a whole spiel when it comes to mm. new teams. It's the same thing. Every time I see a new team, they're really athletic. Sure. They played in their neighborhood. This yeah. kid can score three touchdowns. He's more athletic than anyone that he's ever going to play. But they get their ass kicked by a team that's been playing for seven seasons. Makes sense. And I always give them words of encouragement. I sure. think you should continue to play because you guys have a future in this. Right. The only problem is is that this is not football in high school. Right. This is flag football. It's a different sport. You have to treat it as such. I agree. And I try to tell them, I too try to play and I, too, thought that I was going to be good. But you really have to know the rules in order for you to start doing it because if you got a, if you got a guy that's been playing, you know, 13-plus years and he's 40 years old and you feel like you're going to be faster than him, they're just going to beat you by just seven years of their experience. The experience alone makes a big difference. Yeah, so I just I, – and I don't even know if you remember this. That tournament when I brought the cooler and I brought the <laughs> – Yeah, I remember. Remember I brought the tent and everything. We're like, we're going to win this uh, whole thing. We're going to be here for the whole day. Yeah, we got knocked out within the first hour. Um, but what yeah. I do remember is that you made a play, and I think it was like we needed seven yards to get a first down, mm. and you thought there was four downs. Mm. You forgot there was three downs. Interesting. And it was turnover on downs, and you were like, yeah. don't I get another play? And like, no, it's three downs. It's turnover on downs. And we were like, man, we really don't know. The signs of a, of a new team. That's right. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so... Um, ever since then, I guess you took a break, and I think we were playing basketball for a little bit, but same thing, no no, um, no refs. And, and at the time, I don't know if you remember, I was just doing flag football. I didn't even get into basketball yet. No, right, you were we just were doing playing. flag football. So, But since that interim, you were coaching um, varsity football, mm-hmm. and you were doing middle school on the other ones? Yeah, yeah. One thing I did want to ask you, um, what's your relationship with refs you know, on the varsity level and the middle school uh, level? Do you see any differences in quality between the two? Um, do you feel like you go a little bit less intense when it is a middle school game? What are your thoughts on the refs in, in your experience in general as a coach? Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, I think that that's one of the things that I, I found to be so attractive to, you know, you being a ref and me being on the other side. Because I actually 
even it's 12 years, but I often deal with refs. I mean, that's all I deal with. And I've seen different perspectives of the way certain coaches deal with refs. I see some coaches that are extremely aggressive, and then I've seen coaches be a lot more calm and a lot more friendly. And I know that one of my coaches from way back has always said, you'll get more bees with honey. So, you know, so I, and for me and my personality, I've always been more like, I'd rather be on a friendlier side with a ref. I think I'm, I'm more likely to get a call or not get a call, you know, than the other way around if I'm completely aggressive. And if I'm, you know, trying to maybe even intimidate the ref, that's, that's also not, not really a part, a part of my nature, but in ref, in, in coaching, varsity football the intensity is on a completely different level uh and I was not the head coach uh, but I was a coordinator I was a defensive coordinator and and yeah there were often times where you know there was a call that was being made or that was made that was completely against you know against us and and and, you know goes back to what we spoke about before where I could not forget even though times it was very difficult I could not forget the reason I was there and, and what I mean by that is I, re- I had to remember that even though they were behind me, I had to remember that those boys were always looking at us. And so for me, at the end of the day, I needed to remind them that um, no matter what, no matter what happens in the game, no matter what happens in refing, as unfair as you might think something looks and is, uh, there's always got to be an element of picking yourself back up, of not making excuses of, you know, overcoming the obstacles. So because all I like to coach about and to speak about these kids is that coaching in sports is a microcosm of life. 99.9% of the kids that I'll ever coach in my whole life will never make it to the NFL or never make it to NBA or anything like that. They, they just, it just won't happen. It's just the truth. Uh, but if I'm able to instill in them, you know, something about, life and about overcoming obstacles and about camaraderie and teamwork while they're being coached by me, for me, then I feel like I've kind of done my job. So that's always been my mindset in coaching. So yeah, I have been a part of bad calls, but what do, what happens when we're done after they saw me yell at a ref? What happened? Now they go on the bus and all they do is talk about how bad the ref was. All they do is talk about how it was their fault. So now they've had no time to be introspective and to take responsibility for their mistakes, for, you know, a team effort. And then they start pointing the finger, pointing the finger at other teammates, pointing the finger at a ref, pointing the finger. You completely defeated the purpose of what this whole thing was about anyway. So, so I've always seen it that way. I've always seen it that way and I've always tried to not make an emphasis on what one coach did to reflect our outcome or to reflect, you know, our experience in that, in that game. If well, that makes sense. Yeah. Sense. Well, as a referee, I, I truly appreciate that because I often find that most of the players, they will mirror the behavior of their coach. hundred percent. So, you know, when I have a more rough and tumble game and these kids are from the inner city sure. and their coach is just off the wall, All right. kids like to mirror that behavior. But Absolutely. the thing that I do, which is I, I don't recommend this to anyone, I try to memorize their mistakes. Mm. And what I do is I go, come here, young man. And I say it in a very low voice, especially mm. when they're like, oh, that's not a foul. Mm. I go, come here, young man. What did you just say? Say it in my face. And they go, I didn't say anything. I said, say it in my face. Mm. Right? I made the call. No mm. one else made the call. So who are you complaining to? Mm. The only person you should be complaining to is me. Mm-hmm. I say, next time you complain like that, I'm going to call technical foul. 
and you're going to have to explain to the coach why I'm speaking to you so lowly and there's no problems. Mm. So they calm down because mm. I see I'm not playing mm. because I like to make them feel it. I like to make them swim in the pool of mm. anxiety as opposed to calling a technical foul because it's like you know, a technical foul is very useful, but you know I've said this again and again. It's like if you're a cop and your first your first uh, experience of being a cop is, is Bedford-Stuyvesant. Right. And you don't really know how to serve the community. Right. You know how to administer rules. But there's something to be said if you feel like you're part of the community and say, look, I'm just like you, man. I'm just trying to get the call right. It's not about you. Right. Temper your emotions, my man. Right. It's not the end of the world. And I always find that funny, especially in basketball, when you have five fouls. Right. Right? After the fifth foul, you get disqualified. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing Super Mario Brothers... Mm-hmm. And you die once, and you have four 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 lives left. You're not like, oh my god, I can't believe I dropped on the on the ledge. <laughs> right and now, I, I can't continue to play. Kind of move on. You got four you more fouls, go. bro. Right. It's not you that serious. That's why there's five. There's there's five built in. Sure. So you can continue to play the game. Right. And it's also like you said, a microcosm of life because it really is. If you have two fouls and three, you're you're going to expire. You have to you have to do things different. You have to adjust, just like life. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's that, why I try to teach kids too. I think it's I think it's great, and I think it's important. You see, and and it makes you think about like, okay, so what what made that kid in his heart see? Maybe it's from my background, right? But what's making that kid feel that he can address authority? Because that's what you guys are. You guys are the cops on the court, right? You guys are the cops on the court. What makes you feel that you you can have that kind of you know, attitude or, or response back to the authority. There are times where it is what it is and there's nothing you can do about it. And ironically enough, because we've spoken about this before, I'm involved in a league now where there are refs. And to me, I'm wasting energy and I'm just defeating the, the idea of moving on and kind of, you know, moving along when I'm constantly arguing with a ref about a call that's already done. And I also realized one thing quickly. My argument won't change the call. No. So I am just wasting my time. And I'm only making probably things worse for me. And as a coach, making things worse for my team. Well, you know, to your point, I think when somebody's really riding me and they're saying, I missed the call and you're terrible, that's mm. definitely going to make me less likely to do anything for them. I, exactly. Right? And, and they don't see it that way often. I think a lot of officials can attest to what I'm saying is that when you get a lot of situations like that, your skin becomes so hardened, sure, and it doesn't even matter anymore. I mean, right. I, I can have one thousand people screaming at me, "You suck!" Mm. It won't even bother me anymore. Interesting. Like that's where I'm at. You get desensitized. That's where I'm at. That's a lot of that. Yeah. They either think I'm, it's either I'm invisible or I, I did terrible. There's no, you did great. <laughs> sure. But you do because it, on the flip side, it's very rewarding because like as you go through the AAU circuit, as you go through the CYO circuit, as you go through the middle school circuit. As you go through JV and, uh, and varsity and then college, sure. you start to realize you'll see the same people. So equity always builds up. And it's like yeah, kind of yeah. a level of respect because Absolutely. I remember when you were middle school coach. I remember when you were middle school ref. Right. Look, here we are. We're doing varsity games now. Yeah. So it's like we've grown together. You've grown differently. But it's sure. always a sign of respect. And that's why you always want to keep those yeah. lines of communication. So for any, any coach out there, I think the best practices are to say, you know, build a good relationship with the refs. Absolutely. You can always advocate for yourself. Right. You know, I'm sure. not saying you're like, oh, uh, absolutely. I didn't see that on the on the same call. In a respectful manner. 
I have no What's problem with that. Exactly. No, no problem with explaining anything. Exactly. But it, when it gets to the point where it becomes adversarial, sure, trying to screw you over. Yeah. Listen, I just got assigned this game. I, I didn't pick and choose and say, "Oh, right. I'm, I'm refing, I'm right. refing Fabio." Right. I can't wait to screw him over today. Right. So, for instance, I'm going to Island Garden tonight in three mm. hours, and I have no idea who I'm going to ref. Sure. Right. But these kids are going to be like, "Oh, this guy, he, he hates me," and. and I have no idea who I'm refing at all. Right. I don't know. I don't know what grade. I don't know if I'm refing adults. I'm just going to go there and see what happens. Right. And a lot of teams, a lot of coaches don't know that. But I will also say this though, like you said, it is a small world, and you do tend to run into the same kind of guys and the same people often. So I do think about this. More than likely, I will see this guy again, and if I do, and he's again the authority of my game. I have to understand that if I leave this game in a bad relationship with this guy, you know, if it is, it is, but I'm going to try it not to be. Next game and games to follow, these guys do remember, like, oh, I remember that coach was such a douchebag when I was there. He was such a... And so they're already coming in with a notion against me. So that doesn't help me. Forget about me. That doesn't help my kids because now I could easily see a ref that'll make a call or easily, look, there's holding in every play. There's holding in just about every play, but they don't have to call it. But, oh, this guy's a douchebag. I'm calling almost every play on him. Why? Because of the interactions that him and I have had in the past. That we're humans. It happens, and I get it. So if I know, if I understand that, then for me, I am trying to express my concern or express the quote-unquote, let's say, bad call on my, you know, through my eyes, but in a way where I do respect his, his you know, I do respect his position, but I, I need him to know that, you know, I didn't agree with that particular call. And I think, like you said, I think that's perfectly normal, but it's right. in how we do it. So yeah, even even to that, um, when coaches are trying to advocate and players are trying to advocate it, you know, they look at it and perceive it as we made a mistake. I want everyone to know, Sure. bottom line, when it comes to officiating, we have such a higher level of excellence than anybody on the court or on the field, mm-hmm. right? So let's say, for instance, you got uh, baseball. We'll just do baseball. Now, What's a good batting average? Yeah, you're looking at the mid three three hundreds. Okay, so that means after out of every ten at bats, sure, you get three on base, which right. means three you hits. messed up seven, seven times, times, right? Uh, yep. And basketball, what's a good field goal percentage? Forty percent, right? That means out of ten shots, yep. you only make four. Our 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 uh, rate of accuracy is like ninety five percent. So mm. out of a hundred calls, mm. I want to get ninety five right. So mm. that means I only get five wrong. But it's crazy because. One mistake, I'm just terrible. Sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm looking at kids. Yeah. They missed a shot. They missed a shot. They missed a shot. They missed a shot. They got called for a travel. The reason they get called a foul, this guy's terrible. Right, of this course. Ter- I'm looking at you like, of course. you're not good at basketball. <laughs> right? It's, and that's what keeps me calm because I'm like, you're not looking. Yeah. You're not, you're not being responsible for yourself. Sure. You know, you are the controller of the way you play. Sure. And the same thing, your, your attitude towards the refs and how you have to play differently. You have to adjust to whatever ref there is because all refs are different. Yeah. But, you know, that's something that I want fans to understand is that we're coming from a different level of accuracy. Yeah. I have to be way more closer to 100%, like free throws. Sure. Like Steph Curry on the free throw line than... Right. Than, uh, than the way somebody normally plays. Than Juan Carlos so, standing at bat. Right. It's different. I. That's a great. It's a great way to see it, and it's a great way to look at it because, because you're right. Your your um, you know your gap for error is a lot smaller, right? 
Now I will tell I will tell you this. I do admire I do admire refs. Period. I admire you, and you're my friend from before. That is not an easy job career to want to do because you are under the spotlight, and really you're only recognized when when nothing happens. There's no glitch. Yeah. Well, you're only well. Really, what I was saying is almost the op- and I'll tell you why the opposite. You're only recognized when something's bad. They say mm. a ref does a good job when he's invisible and when no one even knows he was there, kind of thing. So, like, so that's kind of that's kind of tough to to only get recognized and, and only get pointed out, you know, when something when they think something bad happened. Like, for example, as I'm sure most guys saw, most people saw last night uh, with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, and speaking of refing, and that was so bad, and it wasn't like, hey, um, you know, everyone just. You know, it's a controversial. It was so bad that the NFL released a statement apologizing. I mean, that's how bad you know it was. So, like you said, um, but if that kind of stuff doesn't happen and the refs, you know, the game goes the way it was, you don't even know the refs were there. You don't even know the thing. refs' names. No, right? Unless something like this but happens. Now, you, now then, you know them. Right, and that's what you don't want. But it's a hard job. It is. It's a hard job, and I'll tell you why. Because I don't think I know any other. Like you can be a cop and your authority and this and that. But I don't think I know any other type of authoritative position where emotions and intensity is so high. And then when you get to the really high level, so many more things are on the line, like money and like fame. And, you know, it's huge, right? Huge. And and your calls or your non-calls can dictate a lot of what happens. Yeah. That call doesn't, that call is made in a Saints game and the Saints win. Right. I mean, not to say that all those other plays before didn't, you know, but you know, that's kind of a lot of how it, how it's what, looked at. Whatever happened is what happened. Right. I, yeah. It's and, incredible. And also, just think about this dynamic. I'm so used to officiating amateurs, right? So sure. you're, they're at the whim of the coach, and hopefully the coach is uh, respectful to the refs, and they hopefully they mirror that behavior. But I also can't right. imagine that if I, if I ever get um, fortunate enough to ever ref at a higher level, even like maybe the NBA or MLB. Right. Imagine me refing Draymond Green. He makes $20 million a year. Right. He's not going to care about me. <laughs> right. And to me, like, even though I've been refing and refing and refing, as soon as I get to the NBA, he's going to look at me as a rookie. 100%. You'll start right from the bottom for them. Right. And he's going to be like, who the, first of all, who the fuck are you? No. I don't know. Right. Right. So, yeah. you know, there's always, a, there's levels. Of course. And I don't know. I'll just, I'll just say that it's, it's better. It's in your best interest to be good and have a good relationship with referees. I think so. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree. Uh, I I will tell you this. I had this one experience recently, which is ironic because I went five years at the varsity level, and I've had a little tips, but it's really nothing major, you know. And I had my first year at the middle school level, and I almost got kicked out of a game by a ref. And I'll tell you what happened. Uh, it, like we were talking about offensive line, defensive line, and there's a lot of calls, and we're missing one ref. There's only two instead of three, which is funny. That'll never happen at varsity, by the way. So it kind of shows you, like, the importance. This is football? Uh, this is football, right? So it'll show you, like, at least to us, you're like, oh, you know, look how important we mean to them. Not, maybe not the refs in general, but not them specifically, but the fact that there's only two and there should be three. Right. But okay. So I had brought something up to him before about our, our kids coming to me and be like, coach, I'm being held, like, dragged to the ground. I'm being held. So I go to them, can you do me a favor? Keep an eye on, on, on the line. These kids are getting pulled down to the ground. Um, he goes to me, look, there's, you know, there's, only, th- there's only two of us. You know, like, I, I can't I can't see that there. I'm like, well, do the best you can. What do you want me to tell you? I mean, kids getting dragged to the ground, it's a safety issue. So we leave it, leave it at that. My other coach, maybe about 10 minutes later, sees one of my kids getting dragged to the ground on the line. 
Um, defensive guy getting dragged to the ground by an offensive guy. Um, he goes to the to the official and he goes to say something and the official yells at him and he's pissed off. He's like, I, I can't be everywhere at once. There's no one, not enough guys there. And I looked at my coach and, and I said, yeah, you know, there's only two of them. You know, he already told me, I told him the same thing. He said he can't see it. It's, you know, it's holding every play. It is what it is. The, the ref looks at me and goes, um, he goes, um, he goes, yeah, t- you know, tell your coach that what I told you. But now he's getting kind of nasty. And I'm like, yeah, I just told him that. I know you said you can't, you're not, not enough guys. He goes, good, then tell him to shut his mouth. So, so, now, so now we got to a point for me that I felt like it was a line of disrespect that was crossed. And now that happens too. I mean, and I get it, you know, but we're at a middle school game. And for me, I guess in comparison to where I was and to where I am, right. to me, I don't think that emotions need to get to the point where you need to cross a line of disrespect. And that's what I felt happened. So then I, I retaliate and I go, uh, here we go. Big middle school ref trying to throw his weight around. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, maybe not. So I, so I get, I get the flag. He throws it up. You know, and he says, open your mouth again, and you're out. Open your mouth again, and you're out. I like this. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's great. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, well, you know, there he goes, you know, throwing his weight around. He's a big middle school guy. So, like, for me, you know, and, I, and again, I have to remember that I have these kids standing behind me. And they're seeing this entire thing play out. And, and at some point, and it's like, man, it really, it really irks me because this guy, you know, he he thinks that he's this big shot because he can he can speak so nasty. Tell him to shut his mouth. You know, shut. You know, like, like, look. Let's not forget. Let's not forget that as soon as you walk off this grass, we're both men in a parking lot. Let's just not forget like what we are in life, right? So there's no need to be to cross a line and be disrespectful. And then, but then at a certain point, I'm looking at these kids, and I have to swallow my pride to some degree because I can't show them that this is how you're supposed to conduct yourself, you know, when authority is present. It's really interesting. So it really, I got to a point, I'm like, all right, you know, the, you know, the big shot kind of deal. I, I, and I walk away, I let it go. Cause now what he's telling me, what he's telling me, your actions are causing pain, not literally to your kids, your actions. I'm going to for, I'm going to make it so that so he penalized my my team, you know, the kids, 15 yards for what I had to say to him. So I'm realizing that everything that I say is actually affecting my boys. Mm. So at some point, even though I thought it was grossly disrespectful of the way that he spoke to us, I had to walk away because I realized that everything I did or said was going to affect my 12, 13-year-old kids. And so I, I had to swallow my pride and let that go. Right. And that's what I was saying with, like, the year one police assignment in Bed-Stuy. Mm. That could be his year one in Bed-Stuy, and he doesn't know how to deal with that. See, for me, my come-up was way different. Mm-hmm. I didn't start school games until, like, year three of refing. Right. I was already doing adult flag football. And then the second thing wasn't even basketball. It mm. was adult softball. Interesting. And I didn't know anything. Right. So, you know, every night they're drinking and they're getting at me because I have no feel. I've never played softball. Sure. So, it, like, I took lumps early on. I bet. So by the time I was doing school games mm. and I was that big-time middle school ref, I'm like, I definitely know how to handle this because this right. is nothing. Of course. Compared to the experience I've already had. So, you know. I, it's interesting. you got to yeah. think of it where they're the coming from. perspective of where he's yeah, from. Yeah, they could have been their first game and, and it, they didn't know how to control it. Like me, yeah. I'm used to doing an adult softball game by myself. With nothing but smoke. Right. Smoke and smoke and smoke coming from everywhere. Not even just one team. The both teams <laughs> coming at you. So right. you get a couple of those under your belt. 
if a coach is starting to talk to me in a middle school game, I'm like, come on in. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how it... Listen, I'll take care of it. But even me in that situation, I can lean on experience refing by myself in basketball and football. So I'd be able to handle it. Sure. But, you know, you always got to think about their experiences. You got to go, okay, maybe... Maybe this is his first game, or maybe he's never had a man down, or I wonder. Maybe, maybe no one has ever spoken to him like that as a ref. Because think about it: if he's just doing, you know, middle school football, middle school basketball, middle school baseball, he's not used to getting any static. Yeah. Because the first thing that they say is that the pregame conference is always like sportsmanship. Nassau County promotes that, you know. Yeah. No taunting, no baiting, blah blah blah, and mm-hmm. you're not supposed to have that. So when it happens, it's like, ooh, I've. Never experienced that before, and they they don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. So that's no. all I'll say. Maybe yeah, that no, colors it, it better. It could be, and, and and you're you know you're right, and and that also makes me because we talked about this too. Because I'm in a position where the funny thing is, right? I'm in a position to rate you, right? Because like you said, NASA and Suffolk, I believe, are the only places where actually your success, let's say, your is based on the coaches. Is and, based on the coaches, and I always find that difficult because, of like, course. When, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. I'm yeah. not going to throw anybody under no, the bus, but. Yeah. I had a really crazy game, mm-hmm. Long Beach versus uh, Plainview JFK. Okay. Really big varsity game. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of people in the stands, like cheerleaders, they're taping it. There's yeah. A DJ, whatever. News 12, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Right. So the Long Beach coach was animated. Mm. And, you know, he's never seen me before. He's seen all these other guys that sure. have been working the circuit all these years. And, sure. You know, they what they do is they, like, try to pick on the new guy to see what he's about. And uh, mm-hmm. the final play... Um, well, let's just say that Long Beach was down the whole game. Okay. And then they finally got it to the point where they were um, tied, mm. right, with like 20 seconds left. Now, Plainview JFK is bringing back the ball. Right. And now I'm in the position of lead, which is like where towards the basket, not got away it. near the three-point line. Uh-huh. They swing the ball, they swing the ball, they swing the ball to a guy that's kind of near the right baseline. Okay. Kid buries a shot. Okay. There's five seconds left. Mm. And the clock is running. Sure. And the coach is like, he's like, he doesn't say anything. And I, I know from just, just by memorizing what's going on, the time and the situation, Yeah, I thought he was going to call timeout because he had two left. Sure. And he didn't. Wow. And the time just expired because they were, you know, the kid hits the shot, mm. playing VJFK, the crowd is just going, going nuts. nuts. You know how it goes yeah. when they hit the shot. Of course. So is the end. Everyone's bugging. Yeah. Panic ensues. And Long Beach didn't know what to do. Wow. They didn't call the timeout. They didn't have Frozen the presence the of mind. Yeah. yeah. So the coach comes right up to me. He was like, that was a walk. That was a walk. And I'm like. There was no walk, coach. I was right there. Wow. Definitely no walk. He's like, well, you screwed me because there should have been more time. And I said, well, I, I don't see any girls on the court. That, that's only a girl's rule. Uh, and boys, under 59.9 seconds, the clock the still clock runs. The clock keeps going. Under 59.9 seconds in girls' rules, it the stops. clock stops. But it's like, I just educated him yep. off a rule that he's complaining about that he doesn't know. That he doesn't know. What, is he, what kind of rating do you think he's going to give me? Of course. He's going to give me a, a bad rating, even though I was 100% accurate in both situations. Right. Where it was a correct no call on the walk, mm. and it was correct to not sure. stop the clock. Right. But he's not perceiving that. He's he was, saying he walked, and there should have been more time. Mm. What kind of rating am I going to get? I don't think that's a fair system. I, I think that's a very flawed system. I agree. Even though I did my job 100% accurately. I agree. And I think anything that has to do with, again, anything that has to do with high emotions where one coach may not get his way, you, it's hard to anticipate that you're gonna that, that those refs in general are gonna get favorable ratings because they're so emotionally invested. You know, 
There's got to be a way where refs could be evaluated, but by a neutral person that's well, not invested in the actual game. Well, forget game. all that. If if you're a counselor and you're trying to look for prospective counselors in your in your job, mm. you might want to hire a counselor because they know what they're looking for. So I think the best people to rate us is refs. are other referees that are right. experiencing and go, that okay, this sense. guy has good play calling. Sure. This guy knows the rules. He's sharp on his mechanics. Not a coach who exactly might be his first year on varsity, and that's what I mean. And it's it's you're 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 being rated by someone that's heavily invested in what you're doing. You can't. It doesn't make sense. It can't work that way. But that's but, what but the that's, system that is. is the way you have is. to play with the parameters of everything yeah, that you're doing. That's the way it is. So, having said all this, do you think there's ever come going to come a point in time where you want to officiate anything? And even if you would. Mm. What sports do you think you'd be interested in if you ever decide to officiate? That's uh, that's interesting. I mean, um, I, you know, it, you know what? It, it allows me to think of a different way to be involved in something I love, which is sports. And yeah, I think if I were to ever consider it, it would probably be something like football because of how much I've loved playing it and I've enjoyed coaching it. <clears throat> so it would be. Now, remember what I said to you. Coaching for me had a lot more, has a lot more to do with how much of an influence I can make on these kids, right? So not to say that refing and umping wouldn't do that and doesn't do that, because I have seen, especially at the lower level, which is good, these umpires that will, like balking, for example, you know, it's an instructional. So when they, my kid that really has never played before, but he's a raw athlete and learning. I told you I do baseball, right? You, you were telling me, which is why I know the terms, and I know that you know these you terms. You moved up to varsity, right? No, I didn't know that. See, congrats, man. I, and, and you really just started a few years ago. I just started three years that's ago. That's what I'm saying. I know. That's awesome. That's great. So, but I love the fact that, again, at that lower level where a ref and ump can come over, speak to the kids, teach them, and see, and I like that because they remember where they are. Like, this, hey, the kid's learning. Let's... Let's not kill them for a thing that they're doing wrong. They just don't know. Well, baseball I mean, is is very tough. I mean, it's it's very yes, far from yes. the pitching mound to the catchers if you don't know how. Incredible. I'll give you right? a perfect example. Mm. I did um, a JV game. Right. Wheatley, which is a moderate baseball program, mm. and Malvern. And Malvern mm. has all sorts of no talent. Okay. I mean, like, <laughs> baseball is probably the last sport you want to participate in that mm. school. Got it. I mean, it went from like... 10 run inning, half inning to, um, and, you know, the kid can't even put it on the plate to yeah. when they're up, strike one, strike two, strike three, strike Next. one, strike two, strike Next. three, strike one, strike two, strike three, <laughs> back to the 10 run inning. Yeah. And we can't even get into the run rule because we're still in the second inning. Second inning. Oh. And I mean, Wheatley's like trying to chill, but they, you know, yeah. even if they, even if they hit like an Ichiro I know. slap. I the know. kid can't even field it's the ball. It's a terrible rule that that f- after five. It's crazy. Let let them all bat up and then switch. I so mean, that, you know, but go ahead. That game, I was there for like two and a half hours, and the final score was like thirty-one to two, oh. and it was only thirty-one to two because they God. literally emptied their bench, of course, and made them score. Yeah. So, but it, you know, that's how baseball is, and, it, and that's it, why it it's very important for the umpire to to buy in because yeah. if you're not playing it correctly, you're not really going to have a game. Right. Right. But what I. But what I like about the fact that you're able to do that at that level is where you can teach a kid and you can... So what I'm getting at is you can be a role model to that kid. You yeah. can be someone... You can be another coach. coach. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so in that aspect of it, I like it. I like it. With the coaching part of it, the reason why I enjoy it so much is because of how much of the hands-on I have with being able to work with these boys. Obviously, it wouldn't be that same 
it wouldn't be the same thing if I if I refed. You know, refing wouldn't be so much for me at least. Um, wouldn't be so much about the kids, just more about the game itself and regulating the rules. So you know, it would be a different mindset. It wouldn't be something I would completely discount out of my future because again, it's the sport and I do love the sport. And I can only imagine that since you started refing, how how your point of view on a game that you've loved so much and that you've played like basketball all your life has now changed, evolved, probably improved well, it's when refing, right? It's I can made, imagine. It's made it complete because I've I played, I've coached, yes. and now I've refed. So now I've seen it in all, the entire spectrum, all right? facets. And, and I'll tell you the truth. Which is cool. Even though it sounds crazy that I'm saying this, but I, I definitely like refing much more than I've ever played. Only because... Wow. Because wow. I, know, I know I can stay with the game much longer. Sure. Um, the fact that you you're, it, it sharpens your mind like no other. Really? And you're still... You're still physically active, like your coach. You're not a physically active person. You're just walking up and down the side. Of course, here. I'm still running up and down, that but is, I'm not playing. I get it, and That's I'm and I'm going boom. Yeah. I got to use my mind right here. Yeah, right? red twenty two, push. That's two shots. That's cool. Yeah, you're not going to get that. Right, you're not going to get that when you're playing. I, I like the physical, the, the fact that there's still physical, a physical and mental to part. It. It's, yeah. it's like the perfect marriage. Very cool. Yeah, and those are things that I would. I would consider, you know, as, as something to do in the future. Could you still say, you still stay involved? Yeah. You know, and, and you're still physically active, which yeah. is which is cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's something. But, I, man, I admire and respect you, man. I think it's great. And I love this new podcast that you're doing. Cool, man. And I appreciate you inviting me. This I'm happy we phenomenal. were able to make it very referee-centric. I was getting worried I, no. about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you, it makes sense because I'll tell you, I'm around them all the time. Yeah. Every single game. Every single, and I have to rate them. And it's, like you said, it's it's a whole thing about that. So, so it is cool, and I had a feeling that we'd be able to have a good dialogue, seeing as I've been coaching forever, and now you've been refing for this long, and being able to see both points of view, and I hope that it helps you know, other coaches and refs that hopefully listen to this. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever ref volleyball, though, I'll tell you that. Is much. that right? No. Why is that? Playing it and coaching it, I mean, playing it and refing it is definitely not the same thing. Yeah, I bet. It just it just isn't the same no, thing. Huh? No, that but was... see, basketball at least you're running up and down. Uh, right. Volleyball, I'm looking at a chair, looking at this. Stand... Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Although I would do tennis. Oh yeah, tennis is awesome. Tennis looks really good, so I, I got to get somebody on the pod for that. But I don't even know where to find them. So if anyone knows, uh, I know. Reffingrants at gmail.com, I'll book I, you. I know some tennis. I know some tennis people. Tennis officials. I know. Well, I know some tennis people, and they probably could hook you up with officials. We'll talk about we'll that off there. air. You yeah. have any other final thoughts before we sign off? Um. No, man, I just wish you the best of luck moving forward with this and with refing and everything else you do, you know, and I'd love to be a part of this in the future again, man. Yeah, man, and then uh, eventually then when you become a um, an old man and want to ref well, basketball, some girls' I, middle I know school, who to call. <laughs> I got the blooper for you. Thanks for oh, your man. time, Fab. Thanks, man. Love you, bro. Ref Rant, signing out. The Rant.